You are now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire, brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group, and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Jags Den Podcast. It's been a while, but we got some some fun stuff to talk to you guys about. I am your host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, and I am joined by, as always, our fearless leader, James Johnson, as well as Jacob DeLawrence. Gentlemen, how's it going? What's good, Phil, man? Glad to be back, man. I saw everybody posting their, um, you know, all, all our Jaguar competitors, should I say, posting their podcast stuff, and I was like, man, we got to get back in the booth, man, and uh, here we are, so glad to be back. Uh, yeah, it feels good to be back. feels like I missed the last few um, sessions. Thanks, guys, for recording on days when you know I wasn't available. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, looking forward to being back, having fun. Totally on and, uh, purpose. Totally on purpose and I doing mean, what we do best. Look, man, we had you on the last one, even though we had you, like, midway through that. We, we were considerate of you. We still had you in, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> also jay competition uh competition means that you feel like that they are competitors but they are not because we are <laughs> right. the go-to jaguars podcast out there of course make sure you follow us on the jaguars wire as well as jags den podcast on twitter of course make sure to subscribe on itunes stitcher tune in and we are now on iHeartRadio, which is awesome, as well as always on the Audio and Boom Network, which is uh, via USA Today. So, yeah, gentlemen. So, of course, um, the NBA season is over. Hockey is done. Alex Ovechkin is out here acting a fool. Um, I don't know if you guys drunk last I checked. <laughs> I think Alex Ovechkin is still somewhere swimming around in a in some kind of fountain somewhere in Washington D.C. I don't know if anybody has seen him, but. Meanwhile, um, of Swaggy P is uh, spraying P is Ace of Spades on fans. Javel McGee so. is now a two-time NBA champion, and what is life? So, <laughs> Woo, um, boy, what a time to be alive. <laughs> um, but we are we're heading straight, uh, straight for a collision course with the NFL season, of course, OTAs. And, and Jay, you, you went down to Jacksonville and were able to, to check out a couple practices, so we're going to get into that, of course. That's going to be our main topic is discussing the takeaways from training camp as well as some interesting tweets by uh, President Jalen Ramsey uh, <laughs> sent out to to uh, uh, about Des Bryant that we will get into here in a little bit. But so we'll um, so first we'll go ahead and talk about um, the receiver core, which we've we've discussed here is a little crowded. So there's a lot of. A lot of bodies in there, a lot of people competing for snaps and, and catches and time. And one thing that seems to be coming out of camp is is uh, Marquise Lee not necessarily standing out early. Um, a quote from Doug Marone, which was a little interesting, was, I have always believed competition brings out the best in everyone. I have no issues with it. I think it's a very, it is a very competitive sport. When Doug Marone was asked about what he's seen from Marquise Lee thus far, not super, not feeling super confident about uh, about those words from Doug Marone. It seems like the other receivers are standing out a little bit more and having good reviews from those that are in attendance. Jay, did you see anything specifically from Marquise Lee while you're out there, or did or was he just kind of, uh, you know, just kind of hidden? 
Yeah, yeah. One of the interesting things I found, you know, that I noticed about Lee was early in the practices, I, I noticed um, a lot of the other receivers uh, standing out. Like, you know, of course, like Austin Severian Jenkins, who we'll get into later, um, Rashad Green, and, and Dee Westbrook, Keelan Cole, those were like three of the guys that I even wrote about on the Jaguars wire that, that stood out to me. And then, like, in uh, the practice I went to or – um. Which one was? I think it was practice number seven, OTA session number seven, I think. But anyway, uh, that one and that one particularly, uh, basically Lee didn't stand out until the end of the practice. And I, I kind of forgot he was there, to be honest with you, because of the other guys that stood out. Not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think what it boils down to is, you know, what we were going to get into later with Keenan McCardell. I think they're kind of working him into the, the mix because he had his knee scoped which, you know, that went under the radar. Nobody knew about that until last week or a week before last. He had his knee scope. So Keenan, it appears Keenan's kind of taking it easy with him and let some of the young guns go out there and, and get their work in. And and that might be part of the reason. But the um the one catch he did have that stood out in that practice uh, was like he had to extend like very far to get it. And uh, I guess that's kind of a thing with Blake Bortles. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to trash Blake because he's been looking good. And um, that being said, like the one catch he did have, I guess what I'm trying to say is it, it was a nice catch. And, and hopefully, you know, he'll get to more of that later down the road in, in uh, what is it? Not OTAs, but um, mini camp and training camp. So we'll see how they work him into the mix. Well, God forbid, you know, the receivers not have to overexert themselves, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is it is kind of concerning um, that he's not really standing up because, I mean, A-Rob's gone. Hearns is gone. This is I mean, they're pretty much saying, hey, you're going to you're the you're the number one. You we're going to we want you to. You know, we, we're trying to give you this competition. We want you to show everybody like, hey, I'm the number I'm the guy here. And he's he's not doing that. I mean, Jacob, what do you think? I mean, that's got to be pretty concerning, right? I mean, he's just looking at him. He's never been a number one, really. Even back at USC, did you ever really consider Marquise Lee a number one receiver? He's your perfect two slot. He needs something off of him. And I feel like he did get paid this offseason and. That might have something to do with it. He had his knee scope, which nobody knew about, so you have to take that in consideration. But uh, I do remember Marone made another statement about Yannick and his performance, and if you like line up basically what he said about Yannick and compare it to Lee, oh boy, Marquise Lee, I understand you just got paid, but there's like 16 other receivers right. <laughs> on the roster right now, so um, <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah playboy. <laughs> yeah, like when you, when you compare it to that, you're right, Jacob, it is concerning. Um, though, though I will say, you know, like, and everybody stresses this, it's just OTAs, right? You know, so like, yeah, you know, you can't really put a lot into it necessarily, but yeah, I, I get what Jacob's saying is like from the perspective of what Marone has said about other players in comparison to what he said to Lee. Yeah. We should be concerned from how the, the coaches view him at least. Um, even though they did come up and kind of like clean it up, if you will, after Marone's statements, um, saying that, you know, they, they do like Marquise Lee, um, you know, they they see him as the guy, as the leader of the receiving core going forward, this, that, and the other. So, like like I said, it's just one of them things where time will tell. Uh, I think we can judge him more so when training camp 
in uh, mini camp comes as opposed to now because um like I said I mean yeah I, I guess you know when they're taking it easy with him it's only so much you can tell if if Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook and the Young Guns are getting a majority of the snaps so it's a limited body of work basically oh yeah definitely I'm not overly concerned about it because it is just OTAs but if we get into say training camp are we like start creeping toward the preseason and we're still sitting here having this discussion Marquise Lee might just find himself in another uh, state or on another team because you got to go, man. Like, this is supposed to be right here for you for the taking. This is your chance because Mercedes is gone. The Allen brothers are gone. Who is left to stop you other than you from being Blake's primary target? Right, right. He's the guy that of this group, he has the, you know, the biggest history with Blake, the longest history with Blake, should I say. They both were drafted together, if I recall, in the same draft. It was him, A-Rob, um, Lee. Um, then Alan Hearns came into that draft, too, as an undrafted player. So, you know, he's aside from Rashad Green, who who has uh, who came in the the following year, if I'm not mistaken, it's Marquise Lee and and Blake Bortles who have have the biggest connection or the longest connection of anybody in the receiving core, even over Austin Safarian Jenkins too, if you want to count the tight ends. So, um, you know that connection is something when training camp comes around that we should see more of. And if we don't, yeah, you you should definitely be concerned due to the fact that these two, him and Blake have been together for the longest tenure of any of these guys in terms of a receiver to quarterback combination. Yeah, just like Jacob said, I don't I don't put it above them to just cut bait. I mean, if they feel like he's not performing and he's con- I mean, he's he's very injury prone. We've seen that. Um and with the amount of guys you have and the amount of bodies if, if people are going to be especially what if especially if Alan Lazard comes in here and and lights the world on fire. On top of what we already have, I forget. I forget that Rashad Green is on the team all the time. I completely forget right. that he's on the team, right? <laughs> and, the, and the fact that he's he's looked good in OTAs that doesn't fare well for for Marquise Lee in an already crowded wide receiver locker room. So once again, we'll see what happens, and hopefully, um, hopefully he'll get he'll get things right. But um, some other positives that we've seen uh, out of OTAs is Corey Grant making the best of his extended snaps with. T.J. Yeldon and Leonard Fournette out. Um, what have you seen or heard from about Corey Grant, who I've, I've always been a fan of? If the guy can just hold on to the football, it just seems like he's too fast for his own good. Like he runs, <laughs> he runs past himself and loses the ball. What have what, what have you heard about Corey Grant that's been really encouraging? Yeah, I saw um, I saw a good bit of him at the practice I went to. He um, he was a the guy they were. Um, it looks as if they were trying him out in the open a lot. And like they they made a drill specific to that. It, at least it looked that way. Where Blake was trying to hit him in the open constantly, and he was making people miss out there as he always does. So you know he's a guy that I feel like definitely could climb the depth chart. And and by climbing, I mean jump over T.J. Yeldon, if you will, because like from what I grasp and what I hear and read and and from talking to people there, the Jags kind of view him as a. I'm talking about Yeldon here as a third down guy, which has primarily been TJ Yeldon's role since he's came into Jacksonville. And they feel he does that well as the third down guy because he's good in pass protection. He's the best pass protector they have in terms of blocking. Um, and he's a guy that on third down, he offers you a change of pace if you want to throw to him. A guy that's good on screens, um, you know, a guy that has good vision. You know, even though sometimes like 
a lot of people question his his ability. Uh, he he runs high, should I say? So aside from that, they, you know, they really do like him as a third down guy. So I think you know this is Corey Grant's battle to win as the number two because as we saw, they didn't get anybody in free agency. They didn't get anybody in the draft, and I mean that concerned us at first. But maybe they didn't do that because they they see a lot of potential in Grant. Um, though he's not necessarily a bruiser like Chris Ivory was to to compliment Fournette. Uh, maybe they see Fournette as the, the primary bruiser and then Grant as somebody that can come in and change the pace from a speed perspective. So um, I, I really like Corey Grant. I like what he did, especially in the playoffs. Um, and he's a guy that we've long lobbied for, you know, to, to get more snaps. And, um, yeah, I, I think Yeldon would be good behind him in that number three spot. I mean, they call him at taillights for a reason, right? Right, exactly, because everybody always looking at him from behind as he's running past him. So, <laughs> right. so I mean, but as far as him not holding on to the ball, that is a problem. And I seriously just been watched uh, season four of The Flash this weekend, and it reminds me, he reminds me of The Flash. He's moving so fast, but one little thing just out of place trips him up, and there goes the ball. Right. But he'll fix that, and like you said, it looks like they're trying to get him more involved, which is great because open field, bye-bye. Because if oh, I'm yeah. not mistaken, he took both of those uh, fake punts this year. He took one against Baltimore in London, which I watched in person. Right. And never seen somebody move that fast out of nowhere. Like, he shot through and was gone. I was like, where did he come from? <laughs> Who is that he, even? He's so he fast, took he another see his jersey number, probably. Really? It was like, all right, there. Uh, it's a fake. Oh, why is he 20 yards down the field already? <laughs> and touchdown. Never mind. Cool. He's I mean, everything we wanted Shoelace to be. You know, he's everything we wanted Denard Robinson so yes, bad to be. Yes. <laughs> oh, and I mean, in his defense with the uh, the fumbling thing, you know, last year he, I think, if I recall correctly, he only had one fumble and it was in a kickoff where somebody like hit him from the side. It was like a blind side, uh, but still, I mean, no excuse for a fumble. But that being said, like I, I think he took care of the ball well last year. Let me take a look here at his stats from last year. He had one fumble. Yeah, yep, so right. there you go. Yeah, one he fumble. cleaned it up. So, I mean, like from that perspective, they're probably looking at it as, hey, this guy took care of the ball better. Um, he showed us some things in the playoffs against the New England Patriots because if they would have kept going to him, the referees couldn't save the New England Patriots. I don't care what nobody say. But, I mean, that's another story for another time. But, uh, yeah, he, he took care of the ball well. He showed them some promise as a runner. And, of course, he showed them, you know, he's their gadget guy on special teams. So, I mean, uh, something to consider is they have DJ Chark now to take care of special teams duty duties if they see fit. And now they can primarily use uh, my man Grant at running back if they want to. So, I mean, I guess, you know, we'll have to see, like, how they're using everybody on special teams and whatnot to, to kind of predict that. But, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he's the number two when week one rolls around. I'm still trying to um, tell likes out there on special teams. Just give that man one block and a little bit of open field, and it's probably a 20, 30-yard return at minimum. Yeah, I, I couldn't blame him. I couldn't really. Like, a lot of people like Chark as a special team guy, but if Grant was put in special team situations over Chark as a returner, I'm fine with it, man. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Absolutely. But another thing about um, Grant is – you have Fournette. He's faster than what you think, but he's he's physical. Literally, go ask uh, old boy from the Steelers. <laughs> He'll sit there looks like, come on. 
and hit you and then go through you. So it is what it is. And then Yeldon, hey, he's getting better and he's outlasted Chris Ivory. Wow. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Me and me and Phil are higher on Yeldon than, than you are, but um Oh no, I'm high on Yeldon. It's just looking at the three options because they are basically the three primary backs. Right. Yeldon is in but Yeldon is like the hybrid of Fournette and Grant. He does yeah. right. He takes their specialties and does them half as good. Right, right. And their yeah. weaknesses are a little a little more amplified in Yeldon. Mm-hmm. But he's a great He's a great third down back. When you were listing off everything, I was like, oh, he's probably the best pass catching back we have if we're right. going to com- keep it completely honest. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you took, um, I guess if you took, if you took, how do I put this, Fournette's vision at times. I mean, because Fournette has all right vision, I guess. He got, I, I, Yeldon has a little bit, that's a bad comparison, so scratch that. But if you took, I guess, Fournette's footwork and um, maybe taillights ability to change directions you'll get something along the lines of tj yelding if y'all know what yeah. i'm saying yeah. yeah you take their best quality and just diminish it a bit and you have yelling <laughs> right. uh, it, it took i never appreciated tj yelling more than when chris ivory was running the football <laughs> right Ooh, me boy. and phil was like why is tj yelling not getting snaps at this rate man Oh, and I was right finally, there with you. Yeah, finally. I just it, want to admit to it. Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, of course, right? That's that's you being Jacob, right? <laughs> but, like, oh, <laughs> why is it Yeldon in the game? Not going to say it too loud, though. But I was like, I'm going to swallow my pride and say Yeldon needs to be in the game. I mean, I've always been a big fan of him, even though he came from Alabama. But um, they finally put him in for the Colts game. And he looked just he looked like a fresh set of legs because they didn't use him. Like, And that was the luxury of, of Yeldon last year It's like, Basically, he didn't see any action until that Colts game, the first Colts game when we were in Indiana. And, like, he was outrunning everybody, and everybody's like, why is this guy, like, so fast? Like, and what happened to T.J. Yeldon? The bottom line was he was just simply fresher than everybody was on the field, basically, on both sides of the ball from, from Indiana's team and from Jacksonville's side. Yeah, it's nice to have I feel like now with – with the stable running backs that we have now, he's he's kind of finally now in his niche. You know what I mean? Like right where he needs to needs to be. When we drafted him, he came in with a lot of hype. Of course, mm-hmm. coming from Alabama, um, but I think now with with Fournette here and paired up with Corey Grant, he's finally like in this perfect little spot. And I'm excited to see to see what he uh, what he can do next year. So um, it would not be a Jaguar off season if we didn't talk about how great Blake Bortles is doing in practice. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> so Blake Bortles has been impressing uh, in OTAs, which is great. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I'm trying, guys. I'm really trying. Okay, um, so Blake Bortles has had had has had uh, glowing reviews from people in attendance, as showing a lot of chemistry, especially with uh, Rashad Green, who has been with him for for a while. Um, D.D. Westbrook, like we talked about earlier, and Austin Safarian Jenkins, which we'll speak about here in just a moment. Uh, Jay, did you see anything there from Blake that we should be encouraged about in July and June? <laughs> yeah, the, well, the first thing I want to say on Blake is is this uh, because of his career. Every little thing that he's done during OTAs has been a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like whether it was good, and like or, stopping a truck robber. <laughs> right, right. Whether it was good or bad, it was always some somebody. You, well, a lot of people always made a big deal of it. 
So that being said, we have to be careful with crowning Blake Bortles uh, this early. But that being said, I will say this. Blake Bortles, to me, looks the best he has in OTA since he's been a Jaguar. So, I mean, I, I guess that's the best way to put it. The ball is coming out of his hand cleanly. Uh, well, more cleanly than it has in the past. You know, his spiral doesn't have that same wobble that it's always had, which leads me to believe, like, his wrist was a more of an issue than the the staff led it on to be. And, right. I mean, when you, when you look at it, and, and, you know, Blake's a guy, we critique him. But one thing about him, he's tough as nails, and he's not going to complain about whatever is wrong with him. And we've seen that time and time again throughout the years. And if you look back in time, you look back on, on Jaguar's wire because I've been careful about documenting this stuff and I've done it since the, the site has become a site. Every injury report or, or mostly every injury report is on Jaguar's wire. And if you notice, dating back to the first injury report of the season against the Houston Texans, Blake Bortles surfaced on that with a wrist injury. You look at the very last injury report of the season – he surfaced on that with a wrist injury. He played with that wrist injury from week one into the playoffs. Okay. We don't know how severe it was or, or to what extent it was, but he played with that wrist injury throughout the whole season, dating from week one all the way to the end. So that being said, now that he's got it cleaned up, it, it does appear that that was a big issue. And, and I can see the ball coming out of his hand a lot cleaner. Um, you know, of course, he has his misses, his misfires, as he's had in the past. But, yeah, he in, in terms of his accuracy, it looks a little better. Um, and he looks the best I've seen Blake look since he's become a, a Jaguar in terms of OTA. So we'll see, like, if that translates, of course, to training camp and mini camp and this, that, and the other. But, um, yeah, he, he's off to the best start that we've seen. And, and I hope it continues, to be honest with you, because if he does what he's doing now, and that translates into the regular season. The Jaguars could very well be in the Super Bowl, but, you know, we'll have to see if, if it does translate. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just picking off Blake Bortles. Um, so, <laughs> basically, not to just crap on what you said, but we have to treat Blake the same way we treated Marquise Lee earlier. It's June, for crying out loud. Right. And that's why he's I said, like, we, we, since he's become a quarterback, we've always, like, we've either put too much into his, his OTAs or too little, it, which is why we have to be careful with crowning him. You know, that's why, like, I didn't put this as the number one thing that I took away from OTAs because it's Blake. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So it was like, uh, you know, he's looking good, but, you know, time will tell how he translates. But I'm glad he did get that wrist injury cleared up because, as you can see throughout the season, while the numbers weren't necessarily that bad as a whole, there were certain games where you're like, something seems off, even for Blake Bortles. Like, something is extra off. Mm -hmm. If you need an example, I'll hand you the wild card game footage and tell you, I'm sorry I did this to you. Please go watch. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you, it's like, yeah, his his performance was sporadic throughout the season. Right. Yeah. And it was like, okay, dudes, you just lit up the Baltimore Ravens last week, and now you can't hit a, a five to ten yard I mean, pass. Like, what? What's that going three on? game stretch where he was just lighting it up, and we were like, Ooh. what? And then, <laughs> and then against San Francisco, where they lay an egg, and it was just so frustrating. A lot of that game had to do a lot. Uh, was most of it was 
discipline, which really frustrated me. And mm-hmm. and San Francisco just straight up outplayed us. But when Blake, like you said, when he does those incredible things three weeks in a row, and you're like, oh my god, like this is what we've been waiting for. You know, he's finally getting it. And then he goes out there the next couple weeks, and then loses to, or we lose to Arizona, or we lose to the Jets, or you know, we lose to, the and Titans. you're gonna drop some of the Titans twice. And when you're going to drop a couple of those games to teams that are are not as good as you. That's going to happen. But when he, like I said, when he comes out and just totally craps it up against San Francisco, you know, that's when you're just like, oh, there, there he is. But hopefully, hopefully, if if there was something wrong, it seems like it is now fixed, and 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 we'll see. But you just got to take everything with a grain of salt with this guy. That's the right, that's the right. whole thing. <laughs> that's the whole thing with Blake Bortles and. Uh, never you mind. gotta I'll trade get... a day at a time with Blake, man. A day yeah, at gonna... a time, literally. It's gonna... <laughs> gonna say it'll be week eleven, and we'll be still sitting here going, "Well, he is Blake off. the guy. <laughs> he just had three hundred yards with three touchdowns, no picks, and like eighty percent completion rate." But you know, some about that just doesn't feel comfortable and right with me. Right, right. But I mean, given that Lamar Jackson will probably be starting by week what ten. 11. <laughs> wow. There you go with that again, man. You think well, Joe Flacco's that bad? Well, look, we'll I'll put it this prepare. way. Joe Flacco is has always been an unimpressive quarterback to me, but I don't I don't think Lamar is going to legit see the field until like a year or two into his career. All right, look. That's me. I think he's going to play this year. Flacco is not that bad. You have to look at what they put around Flacco since Flacco signed that deal. Right. That's why the I phrased it that way. Been Mike Wallace when healthy. Steve Smith, right? Uh, you know, Steve Smith is the exception to the rule. I mean, Steve Smith's probably best receiver under what six feet? Probably of all time. Yeah, of all time. Uh, um, Whoa, I, I don't know. I can't. Man. I got to look back in history, but I got to see it, what the other receivers are. <laughs> right, right. In, in modern times, yeah. of this generation, of this <laughs> right. generation. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And he's probably top five toughest player ever. So, I mean, Steve Smith is going to get his and make anybody look good, period. Right. Yeah, that's why so I said ask, I phrased it that that he's been looking kind of – he's always been unimpressive to me. That's not to say he's been a bad player, but to me, he's just been unimpressive. Kind of like I view Alex Smith. That don't mean Alex Smith is a bad player, but he just don't pop out to me. You know what I'm saying? Flacco oh. pops out. Flacco stands uh, out way guys. more than Alex Smith. <laughs> guys, Antonio Brown is 5'10". <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got we got to wait to see how his his thirties play out because Steve Smith did some amazing things in his thirties, man. Yeah, Steve Smith was what almost forty. You see Steve Smith still like trash talking Baker Mayfield like he doesn't even play. Never change, <laughs> never <laughs> change, Steve Smith. Never change. B-U-T. Does he have a podcast yet? Like I would literally listen know, to man. an hour and have of him just da- just dogging anybody. I'm calling it right now, Steve. And you can send me the check, or you can send me and my he's crew. Like to, but like more, way more likable. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's, that's that's he's a good way. point. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But I'm telling Steve now, man. He can send me the check, right? He can send the crew the check, cause I'm all about the family here. You can send the whole Jaguars wire the check. All right, if you're gonna make a podcast, name it Ice Up, okay? And I want my check <laughs> written out to the Jaguars wire. All right. <laughs> And you better not be slipping on the money, all right, Steve? We love you. We just gave you an idea. Take it and run with it, but give us our money. That's all we ask for. 
Actually, I don't even need the money. Just just become a regular on the show. Let's just keep it hundred. Just come on the show about three Please. times. Yes, we'll give him his entire. We'll it. give him his own segment every week. That's, that's it. That's fine. Just keep it hundred. Let's just be honest here. Just Can I just have a buddy cop comedy? Can I just have like a buddy cop comedy with him? Because my last name is Smith as well. So I just want to. <laughs> I just want to have a, like a show on on Fox. Maybe like the whole that Brooklyn Nine Nine left. We can just slide in and fill it. So that, that we just do that. I would watch so, that every get at me, Sunday. Get at me, Steve Smith. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll get a TV show where that'll air for three seasons, and Fox will 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 cancel way too early. Now so. they'll cancel you halfway through the first season. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. So anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, I don't know, but do we have a sidebar about T.O. at the end? Can we talk about T.O. at the end? Well, yeah, we're going to talk about Terrell Owens because I want to hear what everyone has to say about that. But <laughs> but speaking of Blake Bortles and what interestingly enough, his favorite target has been uh, free agent tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins. And he's been very impressive. Our buddy Mike K. Um, stated that he may have better chemistry with ASJ than anyone else on the offense at this point outside of Keelan Cole. Um, Philip Heilman also saying, stating, barring injury, Austin Safarian Jenkins should set a career high in receiving yards and touchdowns. Jay, did you see him standing out like that while uh, while you were there? Yeah, but more so I saw him standing out from a perspective. He got a lot of passes in the interior of the field. I didn't really see, like, a lot of, like, fades or, like, passes where he had to go up and get it, which that's what, you know, Mike and Phillip have been talking about that, that they've been seeing throughout the whole course of OTAs. So, you know, it, it's a dynamic of his game that I haven't even seen yet. But he, he looks like a guy that, when I was there, that can make all of the tough catches, in like I said, in the interior of the field. And he's a, he's a big guy. And the thing about him is if you look at Blake Bortles' history, He's always flourished with throwing at tight ends because, as we we've previously discussed, he needs a can't miss target, somebody who can stretch out and you know adjust to to poorly thrown balls or I mean not necessarily even poorly thrown balls. Sometimes just balls that are are aren't like within body's reach. Sometimes. So that being said, um, dating back to their time with when they were trying to get Julius Thomas to be the guy. I don't know if y'all guys ever noticed, but Blake Bortles loved Julius Thomas. Okay, and he went to him frequently when he was healthy. The problem was Julius Thomas was never healthy to, you know what I'm saying, to really practice with. But um, they did get a lot of uh, connections during games. So that being said, I think Austin Safarian Jenkins, if he keeps this up, he could be the guy that, you know, Blake wanted in Julius Thomas. And also the guy that Blake wanted in Mercedes Lewis, who, you know, towards the end of his career was aging. But Blake did like him as a go-to target. So we'll see in time but um so far it's good and i think it's going to translate simply because like i said he loves those type of targets and the system the system is catered to tight ends so i, I think he's a guy we'll be talking about later down the road in training camp and even in the off season um or, or preseason should i say uh yeah remember the last one i was on you were saying that asj is probably likely going to play a large role simply because we need a receiver that can clean up Blake's mistakes for lack of a better term and judging by everybody's reports that's what it looks like is happening which hey good for you because if I'm not mistaken I figured he would be one of the odd men out out of this 20 person receiving core we have right so hey look so, we might need to pick him so, up on fantasy too low key while we talking about yeah this. <laughs> gonna say if this goes how everybody's talking about it's likely that he'll probably have a breakout year and live up to the expectations when he first entered the league 
And uh, yeah, he might be a fantasy sleeper because Lewis was actually pretty solid for most people in fantasy last year. And Blake does have a thing for A tight ends and B large targets, and mm. ASJ yeah. just happens to be both of them. So six foot six, two two eighty. Um, so his I'm just looking at his stats. So he was second round draft pick back in 2014, Tampa Bay. <laughs> his best season with Washington was his sophomore year, 69 catches, nice, uh, 852 <sighs> yards receiving. So since then. In, in the pros, he has, if I'm looking at everything correct, he has never played a full 16-game season. Um, either that or he hasn't played in all 16 games. His best season as a pro looks like was last year, 50 catches, 357 yards, and three touchdowns. So, you know, he's going to have ample opportunity here um, to to make an impact, and hopefully we can see that out of him because otherwise these numbers are very underwhelming. So we will... Hopefully, see. Yeah, half of his catches in his career came last year. He's got 105 career catches. 50 of them were last year. Yo, so. while you while you speak on that, on um the Washington thing, you said he he got roughly like 850 yards. If he got yes, that, with, if I recall, that was with Jake Locker. If my history is right, and if he did that with Jake Locker, 2012. Kudos to him, bro. I'm t- I just wanted to say that and throw that. I don't think so because 2012, because Blaine Gabbert was 2011. Mm-hmm. And Jake Locker and Blaine Gabbert got drafted in the same year. Okay, so it went with him. Okay. I was just, uh, you know, I was curious on that. I didn't know. Here's my question. What has he been, like, what have been his injuries? Have they been something significant, like a torn ACL or something? Or have they been, like, minor injuries that just happen to nag and keep him out? That's a good question. I know he struggled with, um, well, not necessarily injuries, but there was the um, the ordeal with him in Tampa where he was arrested. So I, I, if I recall, he might have been suspended a couple games, but I, I'll have to look back at that. But I, you guys do remember the DUI that he got. So maybe he missed a couple games. His I know his rookie season, maybe. But like I said, he I was suspended to last year for two games. Last year. Okay, so that was two games he missed. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, well, you know, in the, in the game. Last year that they played us, the Jets I'm talking about here, he looked good then. Oh, snap. I just went and looked at his injury history. Mm-hmm. 2014, it was ankle, ankle, kept him out for four games. Then there was a thumb injury, kept him out. Back kept him out for four games in 2014. So that's what one. Two, oh, here we go. I'm. Are you looking at this Fox Sports thing? Yep. It's like, <laughs> it's like nine weeks there. So it's been ankle, back, shoulder, ankle. Shoulder, a lot of those. But yeah, most of 2015 was shoulder. Right. So And back is a significant one, too. Like, Yeah, I was going to say, back never heals depending upon what the injury is. Right. And shoulder and ankle, going to get a bunch of jump balls, thrown in traffic. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sure how to feel about that, uh, if he can make it through a whole year. Yeah, he was put on. He was actually put on IR for the back in 2014. So, let's see, he came in the league in 2014. He's been out at least two games in every year. Let me ask this: After the back injury in 2014, where he was put on IR, was did he have any other back injuries after that? No, it's, just it's all shoulder and ankle. Okay. ankle. So that means the back ain't a nagging injury, that which is good. But then you got to worry about the other injuries. 
depends upon what part of the shoulder that is. If it's his That's shoulder true. blades or if it's the actual shoulder on the side. But hey, look, look at it this way though. Now Tom Coughlin finds a way to get more out of players than they normally have given other teams. Prime example, Barry Church played every didn't Barry? Yeah, he played every game last year when we signed him. And that was a guy that's that was known to be, you know, that had an injury pass. Same with um not necessarily Boye, but I think if I recall Boye didn't play a full season up until he played for Tom Coughlin as well. So, you know, Tom Tom has a way to make people, you know, go through things and, and continue to play a full season somehow, some way. I don't ask me how, yeah. but <laughs> he's also not gonna play the you know, the entire game. He's got we've got ninety five tight ends, you know. I mean, so he's right. gonna he's gonna he's gonna, you know, sub in and out with Oh, Niles Paul, Shaughnessy. Yeah, I don't know. Koyak would be. I don't know. But we have we have a million tight ends, so it's not like we have to rely on him the entire game. Lazard, well. you know, Lazard might be a tight end by the end. Six foot four. DJ four two. Holy crap. Um, yeah, Alan Lazard six four two thirty. I didn't know that. Well, two twenty seven. I rounded up. So, but yeah, we'll uh, we will definitely see. I would love. Um, it's definitely like I said. He'll have his opportunity to to break out and and leave his mark so but that is otas and it was really awesome of jay to get down there and 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 give us his his report so next up (coughs) excuse me next up we want to talk about um something that uh jalen ramsey had put out there on twitter jalen ramsey also known as deandre hopkins father if you guys did not know um (laughs) he was out here on twitter earlier today campaigning for des bryant to come out to the team now we just talked about how crowded it is here at wide receiver i will have my own thoughts about this being here in dallas uh about des but what do you guys think about Jalen reaching out to des bryant i mean it makes sense because they're they're jordan brand teammates so you know they they probably talk frequently and text frequently and they're probably very cool and they maybe even work out together in the offseason. So, I mean, it, it ain't surprising from that perspective, but Jalen, no. Man. Brian needs to work out a contract before he works out. <laughs> so, That's yeah. how you really feel, why don't you? <laughs> but, yeah, man, no, Jalen, no, man. Like, as of recently, like the last three years, like, what? tell me this, y'all. Like, what is the difference between Dez Bryant and Dante Moncrief aside from Moncrief had a, a worse quarterback or, or if you – counting luck he had a beat up quarterback like it it ain't really that much of a difference between the two i mean i don't know what their production in terms of the last three years look like but i mean like des just ain't the same des that he was when the first four years he got in the league and he was with romo and i mean i don't i don't know how that relationship would go with blake you know what i'm saying with blake having his 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 issues every now and then and and you know dead snapping on Doug because blake ain't hitting him and yeah no no I, i'll pass on that one man um with all due respect to Dez, and i like Dez. love what he did at oklahoma state he was a beast but um not for jacksonville oh so um yeah let's go ahead and sign him you know give him a one year a few million back loaded Make it very easy to cut them. Why not at this point? I mean, we're rolling 20 receivers deep for crying out loud. <laughs> What's one more going to hurt? It's OTAs. We're in June. 
like get him through preseason, see what he looks like, if anything, cut him. Also, for the fact that we are 20 receivers deep, counting tight ends, and this is not an exaggeration for anybody listening, we literally have about 17, 20 members as of now. 17, wasn't it? In the last podcast. Yeah, I think it was 17 in the last one. So they may have moved somebody over to wide out, you know, because what's one more again? But honestly, they're all young, really. I think Rashad Green and Marquise Lee are your most experienced mm-hmm. ones. Moncrief. Moncrief. Why not go get Des? I mean, he's going to come cheap at this point. Like, he screwed himself by turning down Baltimore. Baltimore's like, oh, okay, that's cool. We'll just go get somebody and draft it. Thanks. At this point, he's going to come cheap. He's going to want to play. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's going to want to prove something. Right. Why not go ahead, come to Jacksonville. You already have a relationship with Ramsey. You're joining brand athletes. I'm sure they run in the same circle. They probably have some, maybe an agent or something in common on top of that in, in some capacity. Why not? He's six. What is this? Like six, two, six, four, somewhere in that six, two. area. He's another large receiver with hands. He has very solid hands. Despite what happened in Green Bay. Right, I was about to say. So, I mean, like. Really, he caught it in Green Bay? Yeah. <laughs> well, well it depends on which rules you're going by, man. Like, are you going by what they're going to implement this year or, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The NFL need to make up their mind on that, by the way. But he's a solid veteran receiver. Take the risk, take the flyer. Also, it's Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin has dealt with a lot more head cases than Des Bryant and Kelton in line, for the most right. part. That's true. I mean, yeah, and, and Tom Coughlin. The leg. Yeah, that, I was about to say that. <laughs> I was about to say that. Tom Coughlin has dealt with with a, a bunch of receivers, yeah, along the lines of players. Yeah, man. So there's that. I mean, he kept Jimmy Smith off the. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, dude. Like, you look at when Tom Coughlin won the Super Bowl, man. He he utilized his receivers a lot, you know, and, and it wasn't it was a trio of receivers, if I recall. It was like Victor Cruz, um Plaxico. No, well yeah, that was Plaxico. the first time. That was the first and then the second time it was Victor Cruz, um Mary was it Mario Manningham? Uh Manningham and yeah. Hakeem Nix. Hakeem Nix. Hakeem Nix. Yeah. Jorel Jernigan was on yeah, that Hakeem team. Hakeem Nix is terrible. Right, that's what I. But Coughlin made him look so good in that system, man, and it was crazy because like he got next paid. <laughs> right, bro. I remember watching one of them games, and and I think it was twenty twelve when they got that second Super Bowl, and it was against, yeah, it was against the San Francisco 49ers when they had Kaepernick, and um one of one of the three got hurt. I think it might have been Nick's, but it was like, oh yeah, that's that's fine. Like we still got Nick's and Cruz, you know, or we, we still got um. Cruz and the other guy, yeah, and Manningham. And, dude, they literally went out there with those two and, like, two other no-name guys and kept throwing like it was nothing. Like, they didn't lose anything out of the deal. And they they won the game, essentially, because they went on to win the Super Bowl. So, I don't know if Blake could be that type of quarterback that Eli was then, but still, like, you know, all I'm saying is Tom Coughlin does – he has a history – of of use, utilizing wide receivers even when the 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 group is crowded so to speak last year des bryant had 69 catches nice and 838 838 yards receiving six touchdowns uh dante moncrief had 26 catches for 391 yards oh, and wow. two touchdowns 
So um, what was that difference again? You um, said they were basically the same? I'm sorry. So Dante Moncrief's best year was 2015, 64 catches, 733 yards, and six touchdowns. Um, so Dez's yeah. worst is better than Moncrief's best. I'm Here's the thing is about put Moncrief into the situation Dez has been. He'll probably put up the same numbers. Here's the but, thing about yeah. Dez. It, what, what I don't, he's not going to get the kind of treatment anywhere that he got. Into. Jerry Jones loved Dez Bryant. Like almost, I think the only person he loved more was Tony Romo. I think Tony Romo and Dez Bryant were like one and two. And he's not going to get that anywhere. And if he can come in here and shut up and play football, then yeah, I'm all for it. But I just don't think he can do that. And he, and injuries just in, injuries just kind of they they beat him, you know. And, and, and at this point now, is he really worth the trouble? And I think you're seeing it right now as teams are saying no because we can we can get that production elsewhere without the headache. Right. And that's the whole thing. He's not going to get that kind of that treatment anymore. And I think that's why he's still unsigned. Yeah, so, but where y'all think he's gonna go? If I mean, like, since we Fox, were talking about him. He'll play this year because here's what's going to happen. Somebody gonna go is going to go down in training camp or the preseason if it comes down to that, and Dez will get the phone call. However, I seriously see somebody signing Dez going into training camp and just going, you know what, screw it. Why not? Because yeah, the longer he sits, the cheaper he gets. And if he really wants to play, he becomes more complacent and more willing to listen. I I will go on record and saying that if he will sign, yeah, he'll sign with a team before training camp, but he won't end the season with that team. Yeah, fifty fifty chance. I'll take that bet. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I definitely can see someone going down. But I mean, he can obviously. I mean, those aren't bad numbers. Sixty nine catches, eight hundred thirty. That's still solid. He played all sixteen games. Um, but he just didn't want to take that pay cut, man. And like, yeah. I don't know how much. I can't remember how much money Baltimore offered him. But if he hadn't, what, what's weird to me is he hasn't already signed it with an NFC East team because I feel like that definitely would have been his his right. play. I was thinking the Giants off the top of my head, man. Yeah, I immediately didn't go there, but it didn't happen. I don't even Giants know. said they were going to wait on it. Maybe they didn't want to make the move right at the time. But another yeah. thing is, he put up with these these numbers with a quarterback that he allegedly did not have a good relationship with. Right. So, and I mean, Dak Prescott, you can make the argument that like ain't that good, right? Right? Like he, man, I, I comparing him to Bortles, it's so like people who, out here. They they should have they should have let Romo go or let Romo play one more year, see what happens. And if not, you got Dak. Then why? I don't know why they didn't just let him, right? Let him just try it out there. I don't know, but ain't that good? After you that watched first year, he was years. he was good because like you know, it's I got this thing. Well, you can man, hide when, behind Ezekiel Elliott. That's true, and like the, in the, in the first year of a quarterback's career, some of them can have a good year because it's simply no film on them. You know what I'm saying? Just say like, nobody saw them coming, right? So, but when they got that film on them and and they start studying them, oh yeah, Cowboys are in trouble. Person. They're yeah. they're in trouble for sure. Don't yeah. tell that to anybody out here because <laughs> they won't. Plus, he was protected by what top three line in the league, if not the best line in oh, the yeah. league. Yeah, man, we talking Zach Martin on that line. Um, Travis Frederick, right? Uh, what's Lyle Ty- Collins? Tyrell, who's, who's... Uh, what's the guy that left? Oh, Ty- uh, Tyrone Smith. Tyrone, Tyrone Smith. Smith. Yeah, man. So, like, dude, like that's an offensive line we would kill for here in Jackson. Even though, like, now that we look at our line, it's, it's pretty good. But, dude, man, that you we still have AJ Can, but uh, <laughs> that maybe they'll sort that out. That's that's been the talk. Maybe <laughs> they'll sort that out. We'll see. 
It's just well, June, Phil. Hold out hope. Right. <laughs> That's true. Well, speaking of wide receivers, we I, I just want to talk about this really quick, and we, you know we're going to wrap this up. But uh, Terrell Owens it has decided to not attend the Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, of course, he was pretty upset that he and we look at his numbers. The guy should have been first ballot. He should have been in, but because of his his history. Um, he had to wait a little bit, and a lot of people have to wait, man. That's that's just how it goes. I, I totally understand um, him feeling slighted and being upset, but like, what do you guys think about him not attending? Do you think he'll he'll still show up? Or do you think? I mean, there's still time. I think. I mean, when To say he ain't gonna come, I I think he might not come, bro. To be honest, I mean, that ain't the approach that I would take. I would. I hope he shows up and does crunches in the parking lot. Dude, T.O., man, T.O. has made it known he still want to play, bro. He might go out there and, like, try and lobby for a contract with an owner or something for all we know. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, man, I don't I don't think he's going to go, man. I'm going to hold him to that. But I would personally want to go. I mean, looking at how the media has treated him rather fairly or unfairly throughout his whole entire career, I am enjoying every last moment of him telling everybody, you can kiss my black. <laughs> the whole way through. I am loving it. Because quite frankly, what but you gotta think, what better way to stick it to everybody? They made you wait. They treated you like a dog, more or less. Some of it you deserve throughout your whole career. Hey, what better way than on the way out? You know what? Screw you guys. I ain't going. So you know, I, not, work, you know who I think who definitely doesn't want him to go is the NFL. You like the NFL doesn't want probably doesn't want him coming in there and taking you know saying whatever he wants in that speech. They well, probably they're probably happy that he's not going. That's true. That speech would be great though had he went. It'd be amazing. It'd be like a Michael Jordan Hall of Fame acceptance speech like <laughs> it would be top uh, I I really want to see it but I don't think he's going to go. I I saw I, th- I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Shannon Sharp or somebody talking about how what if he were to like televise his own induction ceremony like right. get it sponsored and stuff <laughs> like via satellite doing that like <laughs> via satellite like the rock does on uh, raw every now and then from his house yeah <laughs> yeah people people freak out because his music plays but then he's just at his house with like title belts in the background like man why are you gonna play the music if he's not even here <laughs> like, dude man vince mcmahon is known for uh trolling people man <laughs> Also, while we're on the subject of T.O., can we talk about how he's literally clapped at Jason Whitlock? Dude, and I Jason, think he... I cannot stand Jason Whitlock. And I I'm think so he threw a shot at um, Teddy uh, uh, Bruski. No, and also, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Irvin, too. Wow. Jeez. Oh, hold on. Here's the clap back at um, <laughs> Whitlock. Where is it? Where is it? I just saw it. He said, tell, uh, he said, tell Michael Irvin I got some powdered donuts for him. Wow, bro. It started like this. Whitlock went on his show and said the worst teammate in the history of professional football is now going to be the worst teammate in the history of the Hall of Fame. This is typical T.O., and I think the voters made a mistake putting him in. To which T.O. got on Twitter and said, how about you and me go celebrate over a box of Krispy Kreme donuts and a glass of low-fat milk? All the milk for me, I'm kind of lactose intolerant. God, to which Whitlock, like an idiot, said, let's do it. He says, okay, but after you lose uh, 100 pounds by August 4th, then I'll attend. But you can't do lipo. <laughs> Only oh one. Two God, donuts. Man. You can have the rest. Bring your boy Michael Irvin, too. I got some powdered donuts for him. You two Uncle Thomas, why y'all mad? I'm not. Wow. I don't <laughs> even know how to feel about the Michael Irvin win, bro, because Mike fam, bro. <laughs> like, it's Jesus. I didn't even know about it until y'all said it. I knew about the Whitlock. Where's the lie? Where's the lie? 
Jesus. But I mean, T.O., if you're feeling bad, man, welcome to our world, man. Like, every year we're sitting here having a discussion of why Tony Boselli keeps having to go to Canton to only be told, hey, you didn't make it. Like, you know, yep. you ain't the only one going through that, man. Like, and Tony should have been in there. I really thought this was the year, too. I really thought it was going to be this year, but... Yeah, but it, he he was just waiting. They're just waiting. It, it's just going to be the same year that the Jaguars win the Super Bowl. So there you go. And we I we mean, are going to Canton, Ohio, the day that he gets inducted. We going for it. All right. Yep. Because we're going to do crutches in the parking lot. Because <laughs> we'll finally have somebody in the Hall of Fame, bro. It's been way too long. <laughs> um. Yeah, I like I said, I'm I'm with Jacob here. I'm totally here for it, man. I I'm eating it all up. Like it's. But uh, it is kind of interesting that he's it's it's interesting, but it's I'm also I also wasn't surprised. Like, I remember it came across my phone and I was like, ah, that sounds about right. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I wasn't 100 percent <laughs> like it, it didn't really 100 percent surprise me. So, right. but yeah, let's I, like I said, there's still some time. I can't wait to see what happens between now and then. So, <laughs> also, I hate Jason Whitlock, man. Screw that guy. Everybody I, hates Whitlock. He's oh, man. somebody just tweeted um, T.O. earlier today. Come on, you're above all this stuff in regards to what he said about Irvin and Whitlock. And he goes, if you send me something via text that's considered a private conversation, then I share with everyone without any consent from you. What would you do? I've been disrespected. I've disrespected you, violated unsaid code in relationship. The guy goes, oh, I would have had some blessed words for that man or God, but I wouldn't give that other guy any attention. He doesn't exist in my world, which I'm assuming he, yeah, he's referencing Whitlock and not giving attention. Teal then goes, it's all good. People don't think I'm upset, but it's really funny to me. Trust me, I'm having a ball. Man, I was tweeting and eating pizza last night. If he puts as much effort into sliming those jaws, jaws up as he does trying to bash me, he would drop about five pan sizes. Please, for the love of God, let this man talk it all summer long. No, they. You know the NFL ain't gonna do that. Not with Roger Goodell there. No. Nah, they're. <laughs> they don't want to go there. They they definitely hope that that this is his final decision because if he decides to go, it's all hell's gonna break loose. And I, that'll probably be the really the first induction ceremony that I will. I'll I'll, I'll have people over. You know what I mean? Oh, like I we'll have. Wow. Oh my. Well, that's that's pretty much it, guys. Like, it's been a while since we got together, and you know we can't we can't let these uh, these other podcasts think that we're taking time off. But you know, really, we're just uh, you know we're, we're just enjoying yeah. in summer. You know what I'm saying? So, but um, before we go, you know, Jacob, Jay, you know, why don't you go around and, and talk about what projects we got coming up and and, and what's going on with y'all and what we're uh, what we have in store for the summer? Uh, yeah. yeah, man. As far as the other podcast goes, we're just giving you time to get your numbers up, guys. We felt bad for you, so we put our brakes on. We're just giving you time to catch up. Come on, catch up, get to our <laughs> level, and then we're going to smoke you the rest of the summer. Accurate. What's best here, I mean. Check the numbers. They don't lie. But as far as what I got going on, it's uh, still basketball season for me. I still got another two months of this, and um, yeah. Just uh, filling in with Jay as much as possible. Always hopping on with you guys when I can, when I'm not at practice. And looking forward to a fun uh, training camp. What is the possibility that your team brings in LeBron over the summer? Is there any news there? Uh, You know, playing AAU ball, that first word says amateur. But I think we might be able to forge something, I'm just saying. All right, we'll see if we can at least get you a meeting. So. Yeah, I think Pop got a meeting, and the Lakers <laughs> are getting one, so why can't I get one, right? Yeah, why not? 
<laughs> so yeah, for me, um, f mostly focusing on minicamp, of course. Um, gonna have some uh, minicamp articles going up beforehand to you know prep everybody for what's been going on in OTAs. And um, aside from that, you know, after that, you know, we're gonna be taking a break, getting ready for training camp, charging up again. Um, hopefully, gonna have more podcasts. Uh, you know, we. I've been talking to other people um, around in the Jacksonville media uh, that said they've been willing to come on and talk Jaguars with us. You know, some guys that have been around the Jags a little bit more than me. So um, look forward to that. And Blake Bortles facts, we're going to have him on one of these days. And um, yeah, Eventually. <laughs> right. And uh, some of our other contributors like uh, Wesley and um, my man Clint, they said they'll be down to come on in the future. So um, aside from that, man, that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, I keep forgetting we got two new kids, and we still have not put them on the episode yet. Yeah, I tried to get Wesley on today. He was like, man, that, again, that Atlanta traffic, of course, <laughs> that that kind of complicates things. But he was like, I'm down next week, man. Just let me know beforehand, and I'm down. So we're going to hold him to that. Yeah, and also we want to make sure that we give a shout-out to Austin Lane, who I ran into a couple weeks ago while I was in Jacksonville. I was literally in Jacksonville for like 10 minutes. And I ran into him at the Avenues Mall. Always a, always a cool dude. I believe his fight is Tuesday, the twelfth. Yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. it's yeah this week. So hopefully he beats the crap out of Greg Hardy, uh, and we'll have we will be able to talk to him about that. I was able to to speak with him a little bit about how his training is going, and he said he would love to join us on the podcast in the future after the fight. So look forward to to that, and also. We're trying to get some players on for for y'all guys. Do some Q and A. Um, I have some stuff in the works, not only for the Jaguars wire um, with a, a possible relocation coming up that I'll get into in the future, um, but also with the Wait for It podcast with me and Eric Cerna. Uh, Eric Cerna. We're going to be covering E three. That's obviously coming up this week. Uh, a lot of a lot of exciting news that we're looking forward to there. But make sure to stay tuned to the Jaguars wire Jags Den podcast. Follow us all on Twitter, all kinds of social media. And um, like I said, we'll definitely keep you guys up to date. But as always, Jay, Jacob, thank you so much for joining us. This has been the Jags Den podcast. Miles Jack was not down. You guys have a good night. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Thought we made it. <laughs> oh, man. Every time.